Welcome to The Light of the World. Do you remember the first time you heard the gospel presented to you? You may have been a small child or you may have been an adult. There are various ways that people present the gospel to us. Jesus used a very simple approach. He just said, repent, for the kingdom of God is here. Jesus Christ came so we can have eternal life, and he also came so that we can continue to grow and be transformed into his likeness. He also came so that we can have eternal life in the future, but also have an abundant life today. Listen closely to today's message that will help you to receive Christ if you don't know him and grow in Christ if you belong to him. Come and go with us as we look at the simple gospel and how to continue to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. As judgment came upon the people in this Old Testament scenario, in this Old Testament incident that Jesus referred to. He says, Nicodemus, you know all the scriptures. Let me point you back to what happened when the people began to complain so much that God got so upset with them that he put snakes and serpents all in the camp and they begin to bite the people and the people would start dying and then they begged Moses to intercede on their behalf and God said, Moses, get a bronze replica of that snake, put it on a pole and lift it up over the camp and anybody who would look at that snake and believe that I'm going to heal them, I'm going to heal them. All they got to do is look and live. And Jesus said, remember that, Nicodemus? Yes. Well, that's, that's a picture of what's going to happen when, when I offer myself up on that pole. Anybody that look upon me, even though they may have the poison of sin running through their veins, I will have the remedy for their sin life if they just look upon me. Jesus says he had the remedy for all men who was dying from the poison of sin. And the principle of that remedy is still the same. You just need to look and live. So we have the lifted up. He said we're lifted up and the believing and the eternal life. And this verse is the first of 15 references in the book of John's gospel to this concept of eternal life. He talks about it. He mentions it 15 times. Eternal life. That's important. What is eternal life? It is the believer's participation in the blessed and everlasting life of Christ when we have a union with him as our Lord and our Savior. Now, you have to understand that Jesus has come into the world Well, where did he come from? He came from his heavenly abode with his father. And he knows what the plan is. He knows what the future is. He knows how everything is going to go in the end. I already know what's going to happen in the end. So I'm coming to tell you and to inform you that you don't have to go down in the hell fires. That's for those who are disobedient and those who have not been redeemed from their sin lifestyle. You don't have to go there. You do not have to perish, but you can have everlasting life. And that everlasting life will be the life that you can rule and reign and live with God forever in eternity. Especially when you shed this earth suit that we live in, we call our bodies. He says, I understand. I know what's going to happen. And I'm coming to tell you. Paul wrote this in the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 21. 
he was talking to the church and he says, what benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things resulted in death. He's talking about our sinful, separated lifestyle. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. That's what you've got now. And then he said this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin, he said, you're going to get paid for all of the sin in your life. Sin pays wages. And he said, the wages is death. You are on death row with sin in your life. You're on death row. The wages of sin is death, but he said there is a gift of God, and that is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so Jesus and his conversation with Nicodemus is saying, just like uh, they lifted up the bronze snake in the desert, the son of man must be lifted up, and anyone who believes on me will have eternal life. And then he goes right into this powerful verse that we all know. It's part of the same conversation. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You want to know how this works, Nicodemus? You want to know what the process is of being born again? I'm going to be lifted up and you need to believe on me. You won't have to perish. You shall not perish, which means somebody is perishing. Somebody is perishing, but you don't have to. Let's look at that a little closely. See, because this, this verse is so familiar with us, uh, years ago, uh, you used to just see this uh, verse being posted in the football games and stadiums. John 3.16. Now they don't want that in the stadiums no more. Somebody just have big signs in the end zone. John 3.16 became a famous verse. Try to go put it up now. They'll, they'll throw you out the stadium. You can have a verse saying anything else, but don't put no scriptures. Don't talk about God. and All of these kind of things like that. It's getting to the point where this thing is coming to an end pretty soon. But because it's so familiar, we can overlook the importance of this verse for every person in the world. Let's not overlook God's motive for giving this indescribable gift of his son, his one and only son. God's motive, what was it? It was love. He loved the evil, sinful people of the world. We are his creation. He brought us and he created us and he placed us here. He loves us even though we weren't acting right. There's going to be a penalty for your sin. Now, some of you grew up back in the day when you used to get a whooping. My parents loved us, but when we were disobedient, most of the time we got a whooping. And how many of your parents were whooping you and say, I'm doing this because I love you? I'm like, okay, cut back on the love, please. <laughs> I'm doing this because I love you. Uh, my mother, she had a whole lot of slogans while she was whipping. I'm beating you so the police won't have to. So we were receiving the penalty for our disobedience. And there is a penalty for our disobedience and our separation from God. We have Adam to thank for that. Because through one man, sin came into the world and it became part of our DNA. 
And we have the nature and the propensity to sin because that's what's on the inside of us. And Jesus came to change that for us. And God sent his only son. And Paul wrote this. God demonstrated his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us while we were yet sinning. He didn't say, you come and get right and then maybe we'll do something. He said, no, right where you are, right now, no matter what you're doing, what's going on in your life, no matter how addicted you are, no matter how abusive you are, no matter how out of control you are, I die for you right now and I'm ready to save you right now, doesn't matter what. You can't get right enough for God to do something for you. He just does it out of his great love. For us, It was so vast. John, who wrote this book, says, So God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved son as a sacrifice so that he can shed his blood to cover all the sins of the world. Someone has to die for the sin. And he says, My son will do that for everybody. And this term world, he died to save the whole world. That word world is used for humanity. And the good news is that anyone in the world who looks to Jesus in faith can have the salvation that he offers. Anybody, everybody can have it. And by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh. The Old Testament writers knew this day was coming and they wrote about it. Isaiah wrote this in Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. King James says by his stripes we are healed. When he was beaten and pressed upon and spat on and drugged through the street, he didn't deserve that. But he says I'm doing this so that those who do deserve it won't have to pay the penalty for it. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. I got this for you on the cross. Oh, the Hebrew writer says, for the joy laid before him, he endured the cross. He could have come off that cross. He had the power just to come down. In fact, he told those who were persecuting him, you're not taking my life, I'm giving it up. I could call an angel, legions of angels can get me out of this thing if I wanted to. But he said, but for the joy set before him, knowing that you and I were going to be able to come to him if he does this, he says, I can do this. I'm coming to save mankind. I'm coming to save the people of the world. I can do this. I can do this. Jesus then was lifted up on the cross like that serpent in the wilderness. And because he was lifted up, he provides the gift of salvation, which is the remedy for sin, which causes eternal death. This gift of salvation is free and is only available to whoever believes. So he's lifted up, but you got to believe. You got to believe this offer covers anyone 
and everyone. There's no fine print in this scripture that says whoever believes on him shall not perish. There's no fine print. There's no bait and switch. This is not like that advertising you see for that medicine, that those new drugs they come out with. They just tell you, you need to take this. This will solve your problem. Then you listen to all the side effects. You may have suicidal tendencies. You may feel like jumping out the window and killing your family, but it will certainly help your fever. <laughs> Who wants that? But there's no fine print. There's no, you might still go to hell if you do this or that. No, you are set free from sin and you have eternal life. The moment you come to Christ, your eternal life begins that day. Your eternal life starts when you come to Christ. Jesus give then a guarantee to those who would believe on him. That's believing on him, not just a head salvation, but a heart salvation. Some of us just believe because somebody else told us, but you're going to have to know for yourself that he changed your life. He changed my life. I'm not just a better person. I've heard people came to church and and they hear a good sermon. They say, you know, I feel so much better. Well, this is not a better feeling. This is a better understanding and a better knowing that he has come into your life and you are never the same again. I know that I'm saved. I know that he changed my life. I know that I'm not the same person I used to be because I believed on him. It doesn't make sense to folks to to know that I could just believe on Jesus Christ's salvation for 2,000 years ago and he can change my life today. But somebody in here know that your life has been changed. Paul said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Jesus gives a a guarantee that you'll never perish. You don't have to perish. To perish is to receive God's final judgment. And there is a day of judgment, and it is coming. If you believe for your salvation, you're going to have to believe on that day of judgment. And to believe on him is to trust him with your life. When we recognize that and understand that we are sinners and cannot save ourselves from the fires of hell and the punishment for our sinful life, we need to trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we believe that if we call on Jesus, he will save us and cover us with his blood that he paid for our own salvation. I I don't know exactly what your experience was. Everybody may have a little different experience, but when he comes into your life, you know something has happened. The Bible tells us that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe it and receive it by faith. I remember, um, you know, I wasn't saved, but I I grew up in church, so I know how church things go. I've been to a lot of revivals and still never got saved as a young person. But, you know, folks today, they'll tell you, everybody's quick to tell you they're saved. Oh, yeah, I'm saved. Yeah, yeah. I knew I wasn't saved. I knew what saved was. I knew what unsaved was. I was unsaved. And a lot of the folks that said they were saved was unsaved. I see them out in the club with me. Oh, you can say, oh, pastor, you can go to the club when you're saved. Yeah, but you don't want to come often. You might want to just passing through there, and you ain't going to be comfortable in there. You ain't going to be comfortable with all them demonic forces in the club. You ain't going to be laying up there trying to get no uh, uh, Mai Tai and, and Singapore slang. and That's them old drinks. 
I don't know what they're drinking these days. I got to go back to the day. Give me a 7 and 7, 151 and Coke, Brass Monkey. You ain't going to be comfortable sitting up in there if Jesus Christ is in your life. So if you can do that and hang out with demonic forces, you might want to come back and get a reset. Oh, these just my friends. I'm just, no, 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 no. You are new creation. When Christ come into your life, you are a new creation. You can't be half saved. Unsaved folks thinking you're going to heaven and then you get up there and find out you can't get in. So when you're saved, you are saved. You know, my friends used to call me because I was the first one used to go out to the club. And they called me, you can't go out no more. I said, yes, I can. I can go to the club. But you know what? I don't have a desire to go. You know where my desire is now? My desire is coming to the house of the Lord. I can still dance. I can dance in church. And they said, well, you don't listen to all the music. You can't listen to rock no more. You can't listen to jazz and blues. I say, I can, but by the time I get through with the praise and worship, the day's over. Yeah. Praise and worship music is on my playlist. So by the time I get through with that, I don't have time for boom shakalaka. <laughs> What's on your playlist? Because I was a new creature. And you know what? Other folk that knew me. Knew I was a new creature. Did anybody know you a new creation? Or you still act the same, look the same, walk the same, talk the same, and saying you saved, but nobody know it. Now, when you get saved, your folks that you used to hang out with will know it. You say, no, no I'm, I'm not going there with you. You might not be bold, but you say, no, I don't want to go. What's wrong with you? You don't never want to come over here no more. No, I just don't feel like coming. You might not even say you saved, but you can, I don't feel like coming. Because when you're really saved, when you come, they don't want you to come no more. When you're really saved and sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, demons don't like to hang around with folks full of the Holy Ghost. They be saying, well, every time you come around here, stuff start happening. You always want to read the Bible. You always want to talk about Jesus. We can't get no groove. See, that's why when we go out, Pastor Jack and I go to y'all little parties and everything, I know y'all waiting for the pastor to leave. <laughs> but some folks ought to be able to do that. When you have Jesus Christ in your life, we're here to affect the world. The Bible says we are light. John 5, 24 said this, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my words and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. This is Jesus doing the talking. And will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. You cross over from death, spiritual death. When you come to Jesus Christ, you cross over from death to life. Oh, the old saints used to sing this song. If I die now, I won't have to die no more. They will sing that. If I die now, what they, I, I didn't used to understand what they mean, but I know what they mean now. If I die to my old self and live in my new life in Christ, I will never die again. Verse 25, look at what Jesus is doing and talking. I tell you the truth. Now, whenever he says this, he says, I know what I'm talking about, so let me tell you this right now. So whenever he say, I tell you the truth, you better listen closely. I tell you the truth. A time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Do not be amazed at this for a time is coming 
when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. Jesus, I'm telling you the truth. You might not understand this. You might not believe this. But they're going to be a call and everyone who's passed on in the grave, they're coming back up and we're going to have to deal with their lives. And the one who did not believe, they're going to be condemned. The one who believed, they're going to live. He said, that's why I'm here. You know what he said? And I know what I'm talking about. To all who believes and accept the free gift of salvation, Jesus Christ gives us eternal life. That's the great benefit. Whoever believes in Christ shall not perish. We are saved from the miseries of hell. We are delivered from going down into that pit. He said, you won't perish. God has taken away our sins. We shall not die. He's pardoned us. The curse of eternal death has been reversed. I'm going to close with this passage from the book of Revelation. This is the end. If you go to your Bible, back in the back, he says, okay, let's close this thing out. Revelation 22, 12 says this. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. Look at verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates of the city. That's heaven. But he says outside the gate. Outside of the dogs, those who practice magical arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehoods, they're out. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the waters of life. That's an invitation that Jesus is giving. Whoever is thirsty, let him come and take the free gift. He did not come to condemn the world. He came so that through him we might be saved. That door of salvation might be open to the world and is still open now. That whoever would receive him can come into the kingdom of God. I believe there are many people who will come to the Lord if the gospel message was simple and understandable. If you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, allow the Holy Spirit to use you and the simple gospel message to reach others who don't know him. If you are a follower of Christ, know that he wants you to live a life that's exemplary and represent the holiness that he requires and desires in the life of every believer. These are the days that we can make a big difference as we reach others for Christ. This is Jerry G. Martin. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear it again, go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. 
You can hear today's message and all of our previous messages that have aired on this station. Now I give you my personal invitation to come and join us on Sunday morning. We're right here in the North Houston Humble area at 16161 Old Humble Road. Our Sunday morning services are at 10 a.m. Pastor Jackie Martin is in a brand new series called Unstuck, how to get out of the rut that is keeping you from doing all that God has required of you. Let me remind you as well of the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus for church supplies, communion supplies, books, and Bibles. You can get those right here. Just call us at 281-441-2885. That's 281-441-2885. If you would like more information about the Light of the World, go to our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Now for the Light of the World. May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.